Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello again, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you from uh, Florida. Actually, we're still in Florida, enjoying enjoying the sunshine. Got a really great guest today. Um, this uh, this episode, this interview, is brought to you by the Build Your Dream Business Now Facebook group. You can uh, search in Facebook, Build Your Dream Business Now, or use our handy URL, which is dreambizgroup.com, dreambizgroup.com. Let me introduce you to uh, Charles Charles Pileschi. He is the CEO and founder of Spark Shipping. As I say, Charles is the founder of Spark Shipping, which helps e-commerce retailers automate their connections with their vendors. He got his start with e-commerce when he purchased a site that sold popcorn, popcorn kernels, and popcorn-related accessories. <laughs> Kind of like the the Bubba from Forrest Gump, and um, but uh, with popcorn instead of shrimp. So anyway, it was during his time in his uh, proverbial shrimping vessel that he found the need to automate part of his business, and that need inspired Charles to create Spark Shipping, the leading drop shift software which automates millions of orders for e-commerce and retail entrepreneurs every month. Charles, how you doing today? Great, Jim. Thanks a lot for having me on. Yeah, I was just uh, we were just chatting before we went live here. You're in my Boston, Massachusetts, really looking at uh, Faneuil Hall and and uh, pretty pretty close to the water. Yeah, I mean, you'll very quickly uh, recognize the accent. So it, uh, <laughs> it's strong. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, it's a it's a beautiful part of the country, and um, you know, I always like to ask my guests um, if you are are you a first generation entrepreneur or were you inspired by uh, perhaps one of your parents or grandparents? Yeah, my father was actually a small business owner, so I think I kind of uh, got the start kind of seeing him run his own business. Um, you know, it was actually, it was something, as kids, we always kind of, you know, hung out there. That And I think that probably gave me the idea that, you know, owning a business was something normal to do. Uh, at a, um, yeah, that probably definitely... Uh, Played a pretty big role in this. Now, how old were you when you um, bought the popcorn enterprise? Uh, somewhere, oh, let's see, I'm trying to do my uh, math here. Probably somewhere early, I want to say right around 30 years old, maybe. Okay. And what were you doing prior to that? Did you do the whole go to college, get a job, and just get bored <laughs> with the office environment or what? Uh, I always knew I wanted to do this, but I did go to college, got a job. I was a professional uh, software engineer for quite a few, probably about eight years, um, doing uh, services software here in Boston. Um, so trading software that you know they use on Wall Street, that sort of thing. Right. Um, I actually liked the job. It just I always wanted to do something on my own, so that was the goal um, from day that. Um, but you know, I wanted to also work professionally for a while, so I did that. Um, it was great. Love the job, um, and then at some point, I, after about eight years, I would say, I left. I uh, started doing some freelance consulting, um, you know, some various things back in financial world, but also kind of general web development, that sort of thing. And somewhere along the way, I don't know 
I don't know the exact reason for it, but I ended up purchasing a small e-commerce site um, just to run it on the side sort of thing. Were you a customer or, how, or were you just a fan of popcorn or just e-commerce and that happened to be the product? Just e-commerce and that happened. Not even not even the biggest fan of popcorn, um, but it just happened to be the product. And I saw the site, um, talked to the owner, you know, everything kind of connected. And yeah, kind of just purchased it. it was, and it was relatively small at the time. Built that up over a little, um, you know, of course, maybe a year or so. Started running that. Um, at the time, I think we were... I purchased it probably about four or five vendors, increased that, you know, added a few vendors on and kind of ran into the challenges, um, you know, working with, at the time it was hosted with Magento, but basically connecting the vendor's data with Magento. Um, all the vendors are using something different, different formats. You have to send them orders differently. They all send inventory differently. And it was just taking a lot of time each day of actually doing things that should be just in the background, um, sending an order to a vendor. It shouldn't be something that it requires you know, an actual human to come in every day and format an email and, you know, massage the data in Excel, send an attachment, that sort of thing. Um, so that's how Spark Shipping kind of got built. Very cool. That need. Was your was your initial um, skill set or kind of what you, I don't know if you just learned it, was it really focusing on the, the sales and marketing, you know, pay-per-click or the, the marketing side? And then as you grew the business, did you realize, wow, a little bit of a hiccup is the, is the e-commerce back-end piece or what? Yeah, I actually just kind of wanted to learn e-commerce um, for the kind of just as an exercise to learn e-commerce type of thing. Um, and that kind of actually gave me more insight into the sales and marketing side. And e-commerce, a, lar a large part is marketing um, and that side of the business. So I kind of customer service, that sort of thing. There's actually less um, software probably required other than if you basically build your own you know, automation, huge automation product. Um, but other than that, um, e-commerce is a large part, marketing, customer service, that sort of thing. It is, um, is the big, is the big challenge for most people that get into e-commerce and, um, whether they're selling their own stuff or, or reselling other people's goods, is, is it that whole back end, the, the shipping and the customer service piece? I mean, that seems to me to be the, where the biggest challenge would be because there's, so many things that can go wrong, I would think. I mean, what we like to say is, you know, in Spark Shipping, we can automate hopefully 99% of orders um, that don't require anything, any kind of, you know, human touch. Order comes in, customer places an order, we automatically send it to the right vendor, format it correctly, get tracking back from the vendor, update the shopping cart, that updates the customer. It all kind of just, you know, magically happens. Um, but there are that 1% of orders that, who knows, you know, the order was sent, the UPS truck ran over the box, and now, you know, someone's on the phone, they're calling, and that's where the humans should be spending their time on that, you know, 1% of orders, and things, things went completely awry. Mm -hmm. um, but that other 99% of orders, those should just go, it should just happen, it should just work. Um, and then, you know, free up the actual people to spend their time on the things that they need to spend their time on, and not, you know, massaging data in Excel and that sort of thing, and getting inventory, moving off FTP sites. It's just, you know, it's something that there are tools like Spark Shipping that can do that much better. Right. So Spark Shipping, is that, um, I, I don't know, I, I think I know the answer. It's, it's software, right? It's it's not, you, you're not sitting in a giant warehouse with robots or people with carts, <laughs> no, right? No, there's no actual. So think of Spark Shipping as kind of the, uh, the communications between 
the retail side and the vendor side. Mm-hmm. Uh, a vendor being any distributor, manufacturer, drop shipper, um, wholesaler, anything like that, even warehouses. Um, and retail side being a shopping cart or Amazon, eBay, that sort of thing. And we're able to basically connect the two. So we can get inventory from the vendors, we can get orders from the retail side, send them to the vendors, we can get tracking from the vendors, send it back to the retail side. So we kind of automate that trip of the the day-to-day of what an e-commerce owner uh, has to do. Gotcha. So I've been doing my podcast now for six years. I know I've got a lot of uh, brick and mortar as well as online retailers um, that listen. So if you're a retail business and you're keep hearing about, man, I should be online, or and they're thinking, how do I do that? I'm already busy day-to-day in my store. Talk a little bit about wh- what drop shipping is and, and how it might help a, a traditional brick-and-mortar retailer. Yeah, so what, a tip- what drop shipping is, um, and some people have different definitions of this, but essentially it's fulfilling orders, um, one-off orders, so and sending those direct to your customer of inventory that you never basically bought in the first place. So you're essentially able to get an order for one item, send that directly to a manufacturer or distributor. They then pick, pack, put the label on, ship it direct to the end user, um, the end customer. So you never have to touch the product. You don't even have to purchase the product until you're actually shipping it. And sometimes even more so, you can purchase it at 30, net 60. So you don't even, so you're actually collecting the funds before you even, have to pay the manufacturer in a lot of cases. Hmm. What have you found to be some of the um, biggest challenges with e-commerce, specifically for retailers? I mean, this is one of the things that it's a big challenge. We see it come comes up all the time of basically just connecting to all the different um, all the different vendors, warehouses, anything like that, and they all have a different way of working. Essentially, um, you know, a lot of these manufacturers or distributors kind of built up these systems over the past 10, 15, 20 years and you come on as a retailer um, and they're going to say, great, you know, here's how you send us orders, here's how we send you inventory and you say, yeah, but I use X and they're going to say, no, 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 here's how we do it and you have to do it their way. Um, It doesn't work the other way around, typically. Um, So you basically, as a retailer, need something in between that's able to connect with some API over here, some EDI system over here, and some plain text CSV system over here, and be able to connect to all those different systems. And you know, you don't have to go in each day and configure things and do anything special um, on a per order basis. Because once you're kind of scaling up and getting hundreds and thousands of orders a day, you don't want to touch each one. It's just right. it's too much work. I was watching the um, video on your website, which is very well done. When you when you're an online retailer and you're in the drop shipping mode, um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know how many shopping carts exist today. Dozens, I'm I'm sure. Everybody's got their own unique way of doing things. So, if a if a online merchant comes to you and they have dozens of different vendors that they drop ship things to, your software it just seamlessly connects those two, or is there a little customization that has to go on both are either um we have some modules that are built in um you know a handful of vendors probably uh, as of the time right now i'd say 60 or 70 probably actual little custom modules but we probably work with it's in the thousands of vendors so we're able to do a lot of other things just kind of even through the ui flexible things um to work with a lot of different vendors so it really depends on the vendors i gotcha and what they want to do 
how does the how does your program work um as far as is there a and by the way if i'm asking because i'm really <laughs> interested in this but if i ask something you, you can give me some vague answer i won't press you. but how does it no, work no. is there a monthly fee is there a per transaction thing or how does how does how did i mean you make money somehow how does how does that work yeah so there are it's all um sparkshipping.com slash pricing we make it uh pretty public but there are monthly fees. Um, it's either based on number of SKUs uh, and or number of orders. So there's some different packages depending on, you know, where you're at in the uh, in the size of your business. And yeah, it basically we charge monthly, and it's kind of it's one of those things. Once you're already up and running, you have your vendors. Then that's usually when folks come to us and say, "I have these three vendors. You know, I'm sending them orders already, but it's just it's just taking too much time, or they're trying to send me inventory." Um, I'm spending, you know, an hour each day just updating Excel files and uploading them back to Shopify or Magento or wherever, and it's just taking too much time. Yeah. And that's kind of where we step in, and you know, for the cost of relatively small monthly fee, they can usually take a lot of work off their plate each month. It sounds, you know, what it sounds. I, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but it just flashed in my head. It's a little bit like using an online payroll service, right? It's it, instead of doing it all yourself and filing all the tax forms, they just automate it, and there's a there's a monthly fee, which actually gives you peace of mind and some of your life back. Is that would would you agree with that or not? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those it's very similar to that, right? Where there's just things in in business um, that you as the business owner. Um, it's just very easy to outsource and it just shouldn't be something you're doing basically. Um, even as the employees in the business, unless you, unless you're quite large, it doesn't make sense to have your own, do your own payroll and house, um, your own legal, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. This, this is specific to e-commerce obviously, but it's one of those things that, you know, sure as a business owner, you could definitely like manually key in each order. Um, should you be doing that beyond, you know, a small number of orders? Probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, it's in, for the cost, for the cost, um, even if you have, we've had people that have two full-time uh, employees that have been doing this, and we're like, okay, we can actually automate that, so they can go back and do things like customer service and spend the time on that, um, you know, because you want people actually answering customer service emails. You don't want people typing in orders. Um, you can, you know, the robots can do that. You don't need people for that. Okay. Um- you had a blog post on your website also, and you mentioned hybrid dropshipping. What is what are you referring to there? Yeah, we see that actually quite often, and it's funny because not a lot of people like talk about it publicly. Um, but a lot of what happens is, and this is something you know our software does support, so maybe that's why we see it so often. But a lot of times, retailers now are kind of layering the inventory, where kind of what that means is. They might work with a distributor, but they try to fulfill it first from a 3PL, a third-party logistics, um, basically a warehouse where you, they purchase products. They can ship their own products from. They have more control over the products, but they also might have their own local warehouse. Um, so when order comes in, SparkShipping is able to look for the inventory at these different locations and say, okay, if they have it in their own local warehouse, ship from there first. If not, ship from their 3PL. If not go back down to the distributor. So each one of those is kind of a place you can get inventory from. And doing it that way means that you're essentially going to have products in stock more than your competitors. So when they sell at the distributor, you're going to still have some local. Plus you're able to get, um, you know, buy products in bulk, store them locally for your kind of high, um, high sell, 
high, highly sold products, mm-hmm. you can buy those in bulk still and get a good margin on those, but then still ship a variety of products for the less, uh, less often purchased products. So for example, like auto parts, you might have, you know, your top 10 parts that you store in your own local warehouse, but you might have thousands and thousands that go back to distributors of, you know, the headlight for the 1986 Mustang that you sell once a year. You might not want to stock 10 of those, but you might want to sell some, you know, still list them on the site, but just ship them directly to the, send those orders directly to the distributor. Right. You know, one of the biggest problems I think with online, even when it got started several, many years ago was, you know, people resisted putting their credit card in. I'm talking, go back to the early days, (laughs) put my credit card in this machine. You kidding me? It's like exposing. Well, now it's like, first of all, the problem just keeps getting worse and you hear, you know, millions of people's personal information exposed. And I, it's almost to me, it's like, gosh, people are just getting used to that while it happens, you know, where, where is uh, spark shipping in that chain? Are you, are you processing or are you involved in any of the financial aspect of the transaction? Or are you purely order fulfillment? We're purely on the order fulfillment side. The actual processing um, is typically done by the shopping card or the channel, that sort of thing. Right. So if you're using Amazon, they take the credit card. They then move the payment to the retailer. If you're using a Shopify, Big Commerce, Magento, there's a lot of payment processing built into that. Um, and a lot of them do some pretty advanced stuff. So, And then that directly they take the credit card and there's a whole kind of system in the background of that moves eventually to the retailer's bank account. Um, but we don't see that. And then after the fact, the vendor typically invoices the retailer. So again, that kind of happens on a, on a separate loop and those things would be happening net 30, 60, 90. So, you know, it's well after the order is actually, uh, processed. And a lot of times that happens in batch batches, right? Where for your entire, you know, a two week cycle, you get one invoice. So it's not really something that um, needs to be automated day to day necessarily. Mm-hmm. Charles, who's a good customer for you? Like, what's a? I mean, obviously you can help little guys, you can help big guys. Like, wh- what's the sweet spot for your business? Yeah, really, anyone working with inventory that they don't isn't directly in their shopping cart today, or orders that aren't directly there. Um, you know, we things where. Let's say you have your own local warehouse, and by warehouse it could even be your office, and you're just manually kind of keying it into WooCommerce or something like that. Um, you probably, and that's that's your complete inventory. You probably don't need something like Spark Shipping, or even just say you, you know, I just thinking about getting started. It might not be time, but once you're actually working with more than a, even one vendor externally or more, you start to get some orders. Um, it's starting to take your time each day. That's probably when. You know, it's a good thing to start looking and talking to someone like us. Right. And I think probably the, I'm going to answer my own question, but I get your <laughs> opinion also, you know, when's the best time to start? Well, when you get started, a lot of people will think, you know, well, let me get started, see how it goes. And then if I need help, I'll, I'll jump in. But if somebody's thinking of doing the whole online and drop shipping route, it's probably easier to get started with, with a company like yours at the beginning or if somebody's listening to this and they've been doing it five years you could probably just as seamlessly move them in right yeah I mean if you've been doing it for a while we definitely have a um, a migration process in place that we kind of follow um, we've done it you know enough times now we kind of know how to do it um, pretty seamlessly if you're just getting started we usually say get your first hundred orders or so sort of thing just get something where you 
maybe even manually process a couple orders. Um, so you actually kind of have that, you know, that flow in place. And then at that point, um, you probably want to talk to us. The other, um, the other, you know, time is if you even are just getting started and you have a lot of inventory, um, and you're selling on the different channels. So for example, if you're selling on Amazon and you list items that are actually out of stock at your distributor, Amazon's going to penalize you for that. So that's probably the other time where you want to start looking at Spark shipping so we can actually get that inventory updated in Amazon. When those products are out of stock at the vendor, it pulls the listings down automatically in Amazon. So you're not getting orders and not getting um, penalized by Amazon for that. Yeah, so I see you're obviously you have uh, Amazon listed as a partner, but how does that, I mean, Amazon, gosh, I mean, it's such an amazing company, it's a behemoth, really. <laughs> but, you know, not only do they have warehouses, but they have people that are selling and, and drop shipping. And, and how do, I mean, you, you are you integrated with Amazon or where do you fit into that whole chain? So when, as an end user, um, you know, someone just buying on Amazon, what you don't see a lot of times is most of, a lot of the orders are actually fulfilled by a third party. Sometimes it's FBA um, fulfilled by Amazon and it's Amazon FBA, um, but there's other times where it's a third party FBA. Then there's other times where it's a third party non-FBA. Um, so there's a lot of different kind of levels here, but a lot of times you're buying from essentially not Amazon when you're buying on Amazon. So we have customers who are purely Amazon customers. That's that's their business. They run Amazon businesses. Um, and they don't have a separate shopping cart. They just work on Amazon. They have listings, orders come in Amazon. They might have some products stored at FBA. Like we we're talking about with the kind of layers, they might have some product at a distributor. So Spark Shipping kind of knows the difference between those orders. The FBA products mm-hmm. are fulfilled through FBA. The products that go to the distributor get sent directly there. Um, so we see that very often. Um, yes, and Spark Shipping has a connection to Amazon, so we automatically you know, get the order feed and that sort of thing and can just send it directly off to the vendor. So a big part of what you do is is the whole automation route. How do you, I mean, automation is really a way to uh, cure a lot of growing pains for a lot of different companies. Is, is that one of your uh, selling points when you're, when you're talking to people, customers, pr- prospects? Yeah, and that's really the thing. When you start, you know, once you start ramping up and you're getting a lot of orders, that's kind of the time to, you know, come in and automate and, um, you know, just make the process smoother where, you know, day one when you get an order, um, you know, you're probably fulfilling it by hand. But we got to the point, for example, in the original uh, PopCon business where orders might be coming in on a on a Friday night um, at nine o'clock sort of thing. The way the inventory usually works with vendors is, you know, they might list five units in stock. Whoever submits those orders as a retailer first gets those quantities. And when they're sold out, it's, you know, it's gone. So orders on a weekend and you're not, and no one's there to fulfill them until Monday, you might actually not be getting the uh, inventory from your vendors. If the orders are coming in and in real time, they're getting sent off to the vendors. Then as a retailer, you're kind of locking in that inventory first. Um, Cause that pool of inventory that a distributor has is shared amongst all the retailers. So you don't want to, you know, stack any orders on a Friday night and real come in Monday and realize, oh, gosh, it, you know, it's sold out. Um, and you know, now I have to contact 10 people on Amazon and tell them you're not going to get your product. Amazon's going to penalize me. Um, and that's just not what you want to do. So the automations will kind of help to cure that issue. 
That's got to be an ugly feeling when, when it sort of works because you get a lot of orders. Then you can, you don't have the you don't have the product, and you're going to get penalized for not having the product. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, if you're like a top selling product on Amazon, right? There could yeah. be box, and if nine of them have some sort of automated automatically no one's out of stock, and you're the the one that doesn't, they're all going to kind of uh, you know gracefully back out. And you'll be the only one um, left. You'll actually win the buy box. And orders can start coming in actually pretty quickly, um, tens or hundreds of orders. But those those aren't the orders you want, right? Because you can't fill them now, and you're the only one left left realizing, oh wow, there is no inventory. Um, I have to cancel all these orders, and that's something that Amazon or any of the channels do not like to see on your account. Right. Um, so last question, I'll, I'll just pick your brain because you seem like a pretty smart guy in this space. What <laughs> trends do you see um, for 2018 in the whole e-commerce space? Definitely the, I mean, a couple things. The the channels are definitely getting more and more powerful um, for mainstream type products. So if you're selling, um, you know, a lot of the, the big standard products, we see, you know, Amazon, eBay, everyone um, definitely growing um, greatly. We also see, though, on the flip side, um, if you're running your independent site, um, down over there getting very specific mm-hmm. that's still something going on there um, more and more and the the more that the channels grow you almost need to get more specific and provide more value on your own independent site so we've seen sites that you know kind of go very deep into one product category the products are organized very well they have a lot of articles um, just a lot of information about those particular products and those are the guys who kind of or girls are kind of winning on their own independent site um, so it kind of depends the direction you pick, but there's definitely a very big, very big split there. If you're doing the mainstream, it's going a lot to channels. If you're niching down, it's still going a lot to the independents. Got it. Well, Charles, this has been a pretty uh, informative interview. You certainly know your stuff. How can uh, people connect with you and, and learn more about Spark Shipping? You can check out Spark Shipping at sparkshipping.com. Um, my Twitter is at Charles P.A.L., Charles Pal. And um, you can also reach me directly if you want, Charles at sparkshipping.com. Um, and yeah, I'd be happy to chat with anyone. If anyone has any questions about e-commerce automation, definitely uh, feel free to reach out. Very cool. Hey, thanks for being a, a good interview this week. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It was great chatting with you. Thank you. Hey, folks, that wraps up this special interview with Charles Polici from Spark Shipping. Remember, go connect with me over, and right now about 350 other small business owners at Build Your Dream Business Now Facebook group. It is free to join. Uh, until next week, another great interview. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.